Hello there, and welcome to Misfits and Wanderers. I'm Rich, and for this episode, let me offer some assorted snapshots from Holiday Past that got me pondering and reflecting at the time and are still worth retelling and learning from. So let's get started. Number one, don't own what's not yours. Reminder that sometimes things out of your control are just going to go to hell. Sometimes you're going to get blamed for it. It happens, but don't, one, own it, other than to fix anything that needs fixing, if that applies. Number two, accept that any assigned blame is a reflection on you, unless you actually did screw up, but this is different. We all know the difference, whether or not we choose to admit it to ourselves. Number three, anticipate blame to come your way. I don't care what dysfunctional BS you learned as a child, the rest of the world doesn't really work like that, unless number two is in play. But number two doesn't come up very often. Specifically this night, my lesson came from number three. I was rideshare driving in Boston one night, right around Christmas. Even after all the traveling I've done, Boston is probably still my favorite city. Boston is also the place most likely to turn me homicidal when I'm driving there. Besides the well-earned massholes reputation, Boston is a place where the GPS doesn't like to work in certain places. There are skyscrapers and tunnels which explain a lot of it, and things will happen like the GPS location spinning around when you haven't moved. That's been known to send me onto exits that take me across the city when a ride's only supposed to take three minutes, which isn't really beneficial for one's driver rating. And this crap has also set me the wrong way down certain streets and other really awkward situations. Now, I do try to scroll ahead to see what the next steps are in order to protect myself from GPS instigated shenanigans. However, when driving in city traffic, it's not exactly a safe option, seeing I should probably, you know, watch the road. This recent episode led to a change in pickup as I was getting off of the highway. Because of my location and the surrounding traffic, I was stuck in one step at a time land. I didn't realize until it was too late that the GPS was insisting that the pickup point was on the highway. And as I kept looking at it, I was able to put two and two together and figure out that the actual pickup was South Station, which is a train bus station that's actually right off the highway. Upon further review, I never should have gotten on the highway in the first place. Well, of course, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to because you don't see the next step in order to realize how stupid the first was and add seven minutes to the ticket time. I instantly created this scenario in my head where I was going to end up with this pissed off bitchy passenger that was going to chew me up, down, left, right. I had already played the conversation out in my head, already figured out it would probably be wrong of me to kick her out of the car, and asked myself whether or not a retaliatory bad rating was sufficient for what she was going to give me. Of course, this whole thing was going on before I even picked her up. I hadn't experienced the moment yet. I was replacing it with past experiences where I got in trouble for all kinds of unreasonable stuff as a kid. My mind then went to assorted bad bosses and fights that I had over the years. 
regarding getting things pinned on me that wasn't mine. Thanks to unresolved triggers for the kid stuff, on and on. So now I'm here in my car fighting the GPS, which turned into having a fight with my past, which had already happened, and probably not 100% the way I remember. And of course, fighting with the future, which has not happened. So when you're having all of these fights in your head, of course, there was absolutely no energy left for the present. Now, this moment, I was clearly not present for picking up this passenger. The thing I was actually supposed to be handling instead of everything else I was sumo wrestling with in my head. The passenger who, by the way, was an absolute sweetheart who either didn't realize or didn't care about the delay and was simply excited about her holiday that she just returned from with her family. I didn't act out any of my mind struggles with her, but I didn't feel like I was as present for the experience as I could be. Thing I tend to pride myself on. Swing, miss. Because I was tied up with a whole bunch of garbage that wasn't mine and wasn't present with what was. And it hit me as she got out of the car. Duly noted. Because that's how life works. About an hour later, I received the opportunity to revisit the experience. When the GPS started spinning, I turned it off and chose to trust what I was seeing with my eyes instead of the technology. Funny how that works, huh? On that same ride, the GPS sent me to the back supply entrance for the hotel instead of the front door. At which point I was deciding I was going to cut it off. I was able to make a joke of it, and the passenger and I were having a lot of fun with it. We were laughing about it, and we're like, yep, GPS, you are now cut off. And I trusted my spider senses to make my way around to the actual entrance. It became a fun game for both of us. She was relaxed and laughing right along with me, and in that moment, I refused to take on the GPS as my problem in any way. It was simply a fun, entertaining puzzle presented. An opportunity to work through a thing while creating a light, amusing moment. It's really quite amazing what perspective can do. Same situation, different approaches. While neither failed technically, the latter certainly felt a lot better than the other. It allowed me to stay light and present. Light and present is a much less stressful place to be. It's so much less dramatic and stressful than reliving past BS and inventing future BS. Why stay in that when it's not necessary? I mean, BS does stink, right? Number two, keeping yourself on the gift list. Again, from my driving days, on a short trip, no technical dramas this time. What started out as a small talk chat about Christmas took an interesting turn. The gentleman I was talking to mentioned how he purchased a few things for himself for Christmas and that he was very proud of that. Now, there are probably plenty who would call this out, railing on about how you can do that. Why can't you just buy extra for other people or consider a donation? There are so many other things that you can do. It's Christmas, the season of giving, blah, blah, blah. Not so long ago, I probably would have been one of those people. The other night, I had a couple of different things to say. The first was to commend him for doing that for himself. The second was to thank him for the reminder that doing for myself was just as important during the holidays, if not more so. Think about it. For as much time as we spend sending judging memes to each other about remembering one of the Jesuses on the holiday, 
whole thing is about creating marketing design to make us feel like we're terrible human beings if we don't put ourselves into way too much debt for Christmas. If we don't, we're worse parents, ungrateful children, terrible co-workers, and so forth. That's a lot of pressure to carry. No wonder people snap and try to shank each other on Black Friday over a cheap, lousy TV. If you have small children, pause this and come back, or lock their ears in five, four, three, two, one. Even Santa is a commercial creation. Okay, a creation loosely based on an actual saint who is kind of a badass. Saint Nicholas. If you're not familiar, look him up. But the rest, it's about marketing. The music, the specials. Yep, we're being played. Okay, you can bring the kids back now. Most of us stress this. Like, if we don't buy things that are expensive enough that people we don't even like pretend that they enjoy only to re-gift or stuff in a closet only to wonder in 20 years how they came into possession of them because we need to do these things to feel validated as an acceptable human because we're not enough as it is. <sighs> I had that feeling rip through me on Christmas Eve day as well. I kept getting these needling feelings that I didn't buy enough, that I didn't do enough, that I'm going to look like an awful human because according to my mind everyone keeps score that feeling spun so much that i found myself wandering around two different big box stores fighting for my physical space because nothing says relaxing fun like a big box store on the day before christmas each anxiety gathering occasion resulted in my wandering around each store for 10 minutes catching myself and asking what is wrong with me right now if what I've already done with what I have to work with is not enough, it's not my problem. Period. Stop. End scene. I walked out both times. Yeah, this happened twice. Guilt and shoulds are some really powerful thoughts. I've realized that I was far from the only one as... I was simply overpowered in each place with the overwhelming vibes of fear, stress, guilt, shame, need, and so forth. Ho, ho, ho. What the hell is wrong with us? There's a lot of mental jujitsu that is slammed down our throats. It's not everything. There's a lot of reasons why this time of year really messes a lot of us up. And that's certainly one of them. Remembering that we need to care for ourselves first and foremost. Forget the old stories. It's not a bad thing to do that. Don't mix up self-care with being a narcissistic jerk. They're like cookies and pickles. They're really quite that different. I use this analogy a lot about how you can't pour lemonade for others if your pitcher is empty. It just doesn't work. It's imperative that the pitcher keeps getting refilled with actual lemonade, not just ice cubes and a couple of lemon drops that come from like the plastic lemon you get at the grocery store for like 50 cents. We're each just as worthy of being on our own Christmas lists. Don't depend on Santa to do it. Take the pressure off of Santa. Got a little on his plate. Give yourself the okay to gift yourself. In this particular holiday, I took that advice and I started with a new graphics tablet because it's fun and I'll have fun learning how to play with it. Number three, you are the gift. I was feeling some wanderlust the other day and took a ride to go look at some Christmas lights because I could. 
I ended up in a nearby city and in the center green. They do a really nice job every Christmas season. Lights, decorations, all that good stuff. And if you go fairly late at night, you can actually park near it so you can walk around and really take it in and it's not very crowded. I started to make my way around and take some pictures because that's what I do. I take pictures of things and stay in my own lane. Suddenly, my eyes were drawn to where the Hanukkah menorah is located, on the other end of where I had parked. I took note of a young couple, late teens, maybe about 20, 21, 22 at the oldest. They were both holding Israeli flags and taking pictures of each other right in front of the menorah. They looked like they were having a great time, each taking turns posing in front of it. A little bit later, I was closer to where that menorah was, and the kids were still there. And I thought of a million different occasions in the past where I could have offered to take a picture or find some other way to interact. And many, many of those times, I would just head the other direction. And that crazy monkey mind would start with, you don't want to talk to you. Leave them alone. Maybe they'll think you're some kind of creep or some other mental creation that, yeah, isn't really true. Not today. Well, the voices were still present today, but I just decided that I wasn't terribly interested in listening to them. I walked right on over to this beautiful young couple, and I asked them if they would like some pictures together in front of the menorah. So go figure. That monkey mind that was telling me not to was... I'm going to quote one of my all-time favorite heroes, the great Arthur Fonzarelli, who, when he learned that he was mistaken, would say he was... These kids lit up brighter than the two candles that were glowing on the menorah. This particular night happened to be the second night of Hanukkah. They got to take all kinds of fun poses together, and the joy they were feeling was contagious. Getting to chat with them a little bit, I learned that they were college students here from Israel. They ended up being stuck here for break. They were unable to afford to fly back home. So they figured if they were going to stick around, they're going to make the best of it and latch on to whatever bits of home they could in the moment. This one in particular, they chose to enjoy and really enjoy each other in the moment. It turned out it meant a ton to them that they now had pictures together to keep the moment intact for them. So they offered to take some pictures of me, and I declined for whatever reason. Probably have it. Although I kind of wish that I did. Oh well. We all moved on, and I wished them a happy Hanukkah, and they both gave me a hug and wished me a Merry Christmas, and we were all off on our way. That moment felt better than almost anything else over the course of the holiday season. There's always opportunity to not only give, but to receive. It doesn't matter whether we have physical or financial means, because sometimes we don't. But we have a lot to offer, especially the gift of ourselves. Let's give ourselves more credit and not be afraid to show ourselves when these opportunities present themselves. With zero money, a few minutes of time, and just my presence, the night of that young couple was made so much better. And it really is just that simple, and it really can be so much easier than we make it for ourselves. Really. And with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Please accept my wishes that these holidays bring you peace, comfort, love, and joy 